0: Who Carries Whom, a talk about disability, ability, pity, and empathy by Dr. Brad Miller here on episode number 259 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. With Dr. Brad Miller, pleasure and a privilege to have you with me today. Here are the podcast that helps you to navigate adverse life conditions and come to your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. This talk today I've entitled, Who Carries Whom? We're going to talk about disability and ability and about pity and empathy. In our previous couple of episodes, episodes number 257 and 258, and we talked to an incredible woman named Tracy Gardner, an author and a leader and an advocate for people with disabilities. She is a person who was stricken by muscular dystrophy at a young age, was confined her to a wheelchair. And she is also a black woman. And so she shares in her stories in those two episodes about the things she overcome and how she sees a disability as an opportunity for all people, not only the disabled, but all people to understand then in fact her book was really geared toward those people around disabled people. It's called Introducing Disability, an Antidotal Field Guide for the Rest of Us. And I'll put links to that in our episode here, number 259. But I'd like to respond to that with you here today, and that's what we're going to talk about. I did want you to know that here at Beyond Adversity, you can go to drbradmeller.com. And you can find now over 250 episodes of this podcast, which are designed to be helpful to you and to understand various adversities and how to get through them. And you can find out more about our coaching and our workshops and leadership at drbradmiller.com/40 day way. I want to tell you the story today. It's called Who Carries Whom? And I'm talking in this case about literally carrying someone. The story I want to tell you today is about Professor Sylvia. I went to graduate school. at It's called Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. It's a part of Northwestern University just outside of Chicago. And the graduate school was primarily housed in one massive building, a huge Gothic structure. It really looks like a castle with the turrets and so on, and stone. It's a, really a massive building. I think it was built in the 19-teens or 20s. And when I was there, there hadn't been a whole lot of updates done to it. And basically, this was a massive building, but it was more vertical than horizontal, which meant stairs everywhere. To get to basically any place in the building, you had to climb steep stairs pertinent to my story here today, because I'm going to tell you about Professor Sylvia. Professor Sylvia was one of our professors for a couple of terms at the seminary. She taught Christian ethics, and I learned a lot from her about Christian ethics in her classes and in her leadership and in her lectures. But I learned a lot more from her about how she literally carried herself while being in Carried. Like our friend Tracy Gardner from episodes 257 and 58, she had been a victim of muscular dystrophy early in life and was confined to a wheelchair. And that just was life for her. She was confined to a wheelchair. So she used her intellect and her wherewithal and her leadership and her personality to make a huge impact. But the reality was that she was a teacher in a building which was not conducive to people in wheelchairs. Now this era was really before the uh, disabilities act which meant for compliance in many public buildings to be uh, accessible and as was the case in that era many buildings had steps everywhere in case in fact as a pastor i've served many churches that had massive problems with uh, steps and so much which made people with wheelchairs or other disability conditions very hard to maneuver but she was hired <laughs> Professor Sylvia was hired to be a professor at the school and to teach classes. And for some reason that I really haven't quite figured out and it probably could have been solved, her classroom that she was assigned to teach at was on the second floor of this Gothic building, up two significant flights of stairs. Makes no sense to me. It seems like something could have been done about that, especially in retrospect in dealing with other situations like this. But that was the case. Now, I never saw Professor Sylvia complain about it. In fact, the idea was to find a solution to this issue. How do you, because there was no elevators, nothing like that. No ramps, no elevators, no, nothing along that line in this old Gothic building to get Professor Sylvia in her wheelchair from the ground floor to the second floor, except for people like me. By people like me, I mean there was about eight of us men, all men in this case, who volunteered to literally carry Professor Sylvia before class, up to the classroom on the second floor, and after class to to carry her down. And let me tell you, it was a bit of an ordeal to do this, because it took, in order to to literally carry Professor Sylvia up the steps in her wheelchair, was quite a task. It took every bit of two and usually three guys to do this, because you had to be on either side of the wheelchair and balance things in such a way up to carry her up steep steps in order to get her up the first flight of steps and the next flight of steps. And usually, we all had to take a breath on the landing between the two flights of steps before we could make it all the way. And this was the case every day. Somebody, two or three men, had to carry Professor Sylvia up the steps and down the steps to teach her class now here's the thing I may have been one of the people who complained about how my muscles hurt a little bit and other guys did too perhaps but not really that much to be honest with you we've enjoyed it and come forward to it because of professor Sylvia she always had a smile on her face she was all incredibly good-natured she was always thankful she always also had great confidence and she was also always cooperative with the process. Now, very easily this could have been a humiliating experience for her. I think probably in many ways it should have been a humiliating experience for her. It's pretty ridiculous to even think about now. Because I know in recent years an elevator was installed in that in the years following this incident, this period, an elevator was installed and This particular problem is no longer a problem in that building. But during that era, that year that I was there, this was the case. And so her attitude was always one of being helpful and personable, thankful and having great confidence. Never, ever did I get the sense that she was depressed or down or humiliated or not really in charge of the situation. She was engaged in a part of the process and she her goal was to get it to get successfully to her classroom and teach her class and to then get back in the, afterwards to get on with her on with her day. I've always remembered that how to handle disabling situations with humility, but not with pity, because I just thought about really in some ways who carried whom here. Yeah, physically, myself and some other men carried her to the classroom and back. But in many ways, she buoyed myself and the other men who, you know, were trying to be helpful but didn't really know how to handle this situation. And she helped us because nobody wanted to hurt her and things like that. We were careful what to do. And she carried us and she supported us. And here's what we learned about her. We learned that not only was she a brilliant professor, And taught us and led us by her academic proudness, but by her example, she helped us understand what dignity and what being enabled is all about, even if you are disabled in other areas of life. That's what I'd like for you to get a handle on in your own life. What is enabling? What is disabling? What is pity and what is empowerment? Or what is empathy? That's what I want to talk to you about here in just a minute here. See, this, I can't help but think about the story from the Bible. I'm a pastor, and I like to tell a spiritual story once in a while about how, on many occasions, Jesus was a part of healing people who were disabled. They were blind, or they had leprosy, or they were lame. And many times, Jesus would come to them, and Jesus would encounter these folks, and he would say, okay, your faith has made you well. In Matthew 9, there was a paralyzed man and he was lying on a mat and Jesus saw him and the man came to, said, came to him or said to him, please heal me. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you well. Your sins are forgiven. And then he said, take up your mat and go home. Or he was saying to the man, be faithful and be engaged and get on with your life. Take up your mat and go home. And there's the other story that I love about another paralyzed man about how in Luke 5, and there was this paralyzed man and people, his buddies, put him on another mat, and they couldn't get to Jesus because he was in a house teaching. And what did they do? They went up on the roof, and they tore a hole in the roof, and they dropped him down to Jesus because they could find no other way to do it. These men carrying the lame, their lame friend up on the roof to drop down to Jesus reminded me just a little bit about me and the other men at the seminary who carried Dr. Sylvia. They found a way, and they lowered their mat through the roof, through the tiles of the roof, in the front of Jesus. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And he was made whole. The people around Jesus and those situations where healing took place were also impacted, too, by what they saw, by the forgiveness of sins and by faith. This has to do with the inner life, everybody. This has to do with personal faith. This has to do with emotions. This has to do with perseverance. This has to do with dignity. This has to do with people working together for something greater and not being dissolved in pity. Not being dissolved in disability, but finding a way. We learned from Tracy Garner about how she saw disability as opportunity. And I just want to encourage you to turn, to turn the situation around in order to, to play up how the, this can be, have a perspective on disability about how it is a opportunity to change things around. So see disability in what the ability is. Where is ability? All of us, I would contend, are disabled in some way. Okay? We all have faults. We all have places where we fall short. We all have places where we are not perfect. And sometimes people can come into our life to help us and to be a part of a healing process. Many, sometimes those folks can even be people who may have something that others may pity. There are people who pity Tracy Gardner, who she's told me, because of her position. But she says, don't pity me, because that is a situation. Pity is more often a lot than not a situation where you feel sorry for someone in the sense of I'm greater than they are. They're in a position that nothing can be done. That's what pity is all about, to say that this is just a pitiful situation is dismissive. What Craig Tracy talked about more was about being a position of empathy or understanding. This is what I would encourage you to do. Be a man or woman of empathy. When you encounter someone with some disability, have empathy with them. Try to understand what can be done. What are the possibilities? Because that's what you want when you have a situation where you need someone else's help, help. You don't want them to look down upon you and dismiss you. You want them to be working with you. I'll give you an example from my own life. I've been a public speaker for close to 50 years. I'm 64 years old. In most of my life, I've been a pastor of a church, a public speaker, a radio personality, and now a podcaster. When in my early years growing up, I had a terrible stuttering problem. I was incredibly self-conscious about my speech. Even now, if I let myself go there mentally, I can still mess up my S's and my R's and have a really hard time pronouncing some words. When I was in younger elementary school, this was a problem. I didn't want to talk because I was a stutterer. And it became very self-conscious for me. But fortunately, my parents sent me to speech therapist and as a part of the schools I went to and working with speech therapists on a very regular basis for several years, I gained more confidence and they spoke into my life in such a way that the transformation took place. And now for the most part, starting is not an issue. Can be once in a while, got to say it. Gotta say it. And fortunately in podcasting, we can, I can sometimes edit those things out, but they still happen sometimes. What I want to talk to you here today, what I'm saying here, there are ways to empower others through relationships. You can do that. You can change the system. So let's talk about a few things that you can do in empowering others, not being pitiful. Treat all people with dignity because you want to be treated with dignity. Whatever the situation is, if they're in a wheelchair or something like this, and you're not, still treat people with dignity, because you have your own disabilities. Look people in the eye. If someone is in a situation where they have some disabling feature, look at them in the eye. Hand engage with them as people, not as the disability, not as the wheelchair in the case of Tracy and Professor Sylvia, but look them in the eye. Now. Many times that will lead to a discussion, a real discussion about what the disabling condition is physically or otherwise, and that's okay. But let that flow naturally, but engage people first as a person. Don't work from the pity part of things, which is dismissive, of, as we've talked about, but work from empathy. Let empathy be your start. That's humble understanding. How can we work together with this? And look for ways to empower, not to disempower. Empower means what can we do to work together to get things done? In the case of Miss, Sil- of the Professor Sylvia, we worked together to get the task done because the most important thing was to get Miss Sylvia to the classroom to teach the classes in Christian ethics. That's what had to be done. What else has to be done as well? We all have to work to help change the system to be better for all of us when it is not right, when there is things that need to be justified when we need justice. For instance, one of the things that Tracy Gardner did has been working for the rights of disabled in her communities and been an advocate for that and is getting a lot of things done in the public sector. In, our, in the case there at the school, I wish I'd been part of a movement to help to get the place more accessible to those folks with dis, with disabling conditions it happened years later with an elevator, but I wish I'd been part of that. There was really no excuse, as I think about it, thinking back on the situation to have to carry her up the stairs. There should have been a way to find the good air classroom space on the first floor. I was a part of a church where we had a similar situation and we had to, We, while I was there, we had people in wheelchairs who came to church and we had to carry them up the stairs just like what I said before. So we built a ramp. Ended up being a 90-foot ramp, a very long ramp. We had to raise the money and have a big project in order to be able to get people inside the church. But the idea is you got to get after it and get change the system, which is, unju- which is unjust. We can learn part of what I'm saying here is to learn from these situations. We can do that. And that's why I want to encourage you to do. That's what Jesus did, right? He helped these lame people who were made whole. And what do you say? Get up and walk and pick up your mat, pick up your belongings and get after it. Don't be put yourself. Whom care? Who carries whom? Let's understand that we all need to be carried at some times. We all do. I know I do. Very easily, you can be that person who needs help. Hey, many of us have been injured or landed in the hospital for some reason or at a time, and we need the help of doctors and nurses to get us through. There's been times in my life when I had a condition. I had terrible kidney stones, which put me doubled up in pain, and my son and my wife had to car- carry me to a car to get me to the hospital because I was in such pain, I could barely walk. You know what I'm saying. There's times when you're disabled, you need people to carry you, not only physically, but emotionally, spiritually, and in relationship. That's a big part of what I'm talking about here today is relationship. We're all disabled at times sometimes, and we are enabled. Let's be part of a team that works for everybody to be enabled as much as possible. Let's work from a process where pity is not the order of the day, but empathy and understanding is the order of the day and see opportunity. I learned a lot from Professor Sylvia. I learned a lot from the stories about Jesus. I learned a lot about Tracy Garner. And I've learned a lot about myself the last two uh, through these last couple of episodes, I hope that you have learned a lot as well, that you can overcome the adversity of disability in your life. If you allow others to come into your life and we move forward in faith and move forward through that wilderness of the situation that we're in, and you can find your promised life of peace and prosperity and purpose. I know that you can, and I'm here to help. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. You can find me at drbradmeller.com. That's where you're going to find over 250 episodes of this podcast, which is designed to help you because we love you. And drbradmeller.com slash 40-dayway, you can find a little bit more about our process called the ACTS process, the ACTS process, to help you to do just that. ACTS, A is to take action. The C is to connect with a higher spiritual power. The T is to think with discipline. But your process? And the S is to serve others with love. And that's what I'm doing right here, friends, serving you with love, our Beyond Adversity audience. Hope you join us next time and every time when we have an episode that will help you to navigate adversity in your life and to come to your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. So until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good,